The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, Father, we just come before you today with open hearts. May the eyes of our understanding be flooded with light. May our hearts be strengthened. May we be encouraged from these words that are spoken today. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we talked about how the fact that he restores our soul. And, of course, that he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, the second part of that verse deserves a whole sermon But I'm going to jump ahead to, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So we see that we will not be afraid. So we notice in this psalm that that David had written of green pastures and still waters and paths of righteousness. And he says, even then, as we continue to walk with the Lord, sometimes we will go through some difficult times. The scripture talks about the valley of the shadow of death. But we don't have to be afraid of a shadow. Why is that? How many of you know the shadow of a dog cannot bite? The shadow of a sword cannot kill. And the shadow of death cannot destroy us. And this is what David recognized, and what we must recognize, that under the shepherd's leading, that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death... He knows, praise God, how to get around the difficult places, how to go through the difficult places. Now, you see, the valley of the shadow of death is not our destination, is it? It's not our dwelling place. It's something that we are going through. And say it with me, by the grace of God, we are going to go to the other side. So David said, it's because you are with me. He says, even though I'm going through a difficult time, he said, none of these things move me. Because the fact of the matter is, my dear brothers and sisters, that the Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. And he is not only the Lord of the hills, but he's also the Lord of the valleys. What do valleys represent? Valleys represent low times. They represent difficult times. They represent challenging times. But thank God, when difficult times hit, He does not abandon us. You know what Winston Churchill said? He says, you know what? If you're going through hell, just keep going. (laughs) And there's truth in that, isn't it? Don't stop. Just keep right on moving. Keep on trusting. Keep on following your good shepherd. He knows how to get you to the other side. Now, David said very boldly, he said, I will not fear or 
I will fear no evil. Now, the fact of the matter is that the God that we serve did not impart to us a spirit of fear. He imparted to us the spirit of faith. And there's a vast difference between the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear. He gave to you at the new birth a spirit of a sound mind, the spirit of love. And he gave unto us the spirit of power. And so fear is not natural to the born-again believer. And, you know, people will try to tell you, well, you know, everyone has fears and, you know, there's such a thing as healthy fears. I don't believe that anything that comes from the devil is healthy. I don't believe that anything that comes from beneath or below to steal, to kill and destroy is something really that we want in our life or something that we relish in our lives. No, 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 no. Thank God we've not been given the spirit of fear. And what happens a lot of times is people begin to tolerate fears just because people are going through them and people have said we all have them. And there's kind of been this compromise and this acceptance of evil. Kenneth Copeland said this, and I'm going to take a drink here. He said that fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. So what kind of fears? What are some of the common fears? Well, there's the fear of failure. There's the fear of making decisions. There's the fear of making mistakes. There's the fear of heights. There's the fear of the future. And there's the fear of death. Now we notice in Hebrews chapter 2 now, in verse 14 and 15, that all fears really have its origin or they have their start in death. He said, for, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that what? He had it, but Jesus got it from him. He took the keys. He had the power of death, that is the devil. Now read verse 15 with me. And deliver them. Let's do just a little bit better than that. Ready, read. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now listen very carefully. The fear of death will connect you to the death that you fear. The fear of death will connect you to the law of sin and death. Job said something very revealing to us. He said, the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. He also said this. Well, another translation says that this may be a better way to say it. He said, what I dreaded has come to me. What is dread? Dread is an anticipation or it's an expectation of something bad happening. He said, what I dreaded has happened to me. Still another translation says, everything I fear and dread comes true. So as we can see in the Word of God, that all fear then has its root in the fear of death but thank God Jesus delivered us. Yes. He redeemed us. Yes. 
from the fear of death. No more bondage for me. No more bondage for you. For the son of the living God became a curse and ransomed us and freed us and lifted us up out of the low life of fear and put his faith and his love and his joy on the inside of us. Amen. Now notice in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans the 8th chapter and verse 15. So we see from this verse that fear produces bondage, but faith produces liberty. Now let's read this together. For you have not received what? You've not received what? But what have we received? So what's the opposite of bondage? The opposite of bondage is freedom. Another word we could use for freedom is liberty. Thank God. You've received the spirit of adoption. I have received. You've received the spirit of liberty. I like what Corinthians says. He says, now the Lord is that spirit. And he said, where the spirit of the Lord is... There's what? There's freedom or there's liberty. I've got a question for you this morning. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? Where is the Spirit of the Lord? Well, certainly He's upon us and certainly He's among us, but the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. You're bought with a price. And where the Spirit of the Lord is... There's liberty. So if the Spirit of the Lord is in me, and since the Spirit of the Lord is in you, then in our lives we should be experiencing liberty. We should be experiencing freedom. Somebody said, well, Pastor Mark, you know what? The Spirit of the Lord is in me, but I'm all bound up. Well, that's your choice. And I don't make light of that. But it's easy for us to ignore the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. And since it's easy to ignore Him, then we would not then participate in any of the benefits that we have concerning His indwelling presence. Amen. So what we want to do in our lives is not ignore Him, but we want to acknowledge Him. I want to acknowledge the Spirit of God on the inside of me. Well, how do you acknowledge him? Well, Philemon says that the communication of thy faith would become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So on a daily basis, we ought to be acknowledging his presence on the inside. Now, one way we do that is by simply opening our mouths and saying what he said concerning his presence in our life. For example, greater is he, greater, greater is he, the spirit of liberty that is in me, than he, the spirit of bondage that is in the world. Amen. Now that means in every life's confrontations, you have an advantage. 
you have the believer's advantage. Why? Because you've got the greater one in you. And the greater one in you is greater than the lesser one that's in the world. Hallelujah. And so then if I will acknowledge that and say that and believe that as a regular part of my life, then what is happening is the spirit of liberty and the spirit of God begins to work on my behalf and sees to it that the lesser one is kept underfoot. Woo! That the communication of your faith may become effectual or divinely energized. By the acknowledging, by the confessing, by the proclamation, by the declaration of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. And he is the hope of glory. Glory to God. So make sure then that you're not ignoring him but rather that you are acknowledging Him. Amen? And not just acknowledging Him every other day, but acknowledging Him in every way. He said, in all your ways, come on, acknowledge, acknowledge it? No, He's not an it. He's the third person of the Godhead. He's not an it. He's a Him. He's a He. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths he that is in you the spirit of liberty will not ever lead you down the wrong path producing bondage in your life he that's within you will always produce liberty and lead you in righteous paths and make sure you're at the right place at the right time everyone say ha ha that's man you're at a big advantage You are at a huge advantage. Hallelujah. The greater one. The greater one. The spirit of liberty. Hallelujah. The spirit of freedom. Amen. No more bondage in your mind. No more bondage in your soul. No more being bombarded by the curse of the law. No more down days. No more depressed days. No more bound up days. But days of liberty. Days of freedom. Days of glory. Days of His presence in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. So then... Faith brings freedom, which is why the enemy works so hard to keep Christians in fear and out of faith. Well, Pastor, you know, I agree that, you know, faith's a good subject, but, you know, it seems like you preach on it a lot. You better believe I do. Because the Bible says that the just, the just going to live by faith. Amen. I don't know, really, to be honest with you, I don't know of any other way to live other than by faith. And not only that, but I don't want to live any other way because the choice is not good. Amen. 
So faith brings freedom. Faith brings liberty. Mix faith with the power. And the answer will come. Mix faith with the power. And the work will be done. Mix faith with the power. It's a real combination. Mix faith with the power today and blow the spirit of bondage away. Hallelujah. Come on. Can you lift up your hands and thank him? Woo, glory. No such thing as a healthy fear. Listen to a few quotes I, I, I wrote down here on, on fear. He's, uh, Bruce Wilkerson said this. He said, imagine what your life would look like when you have broken the bondage of fear. The, the bondage of fear has been broken. E.H. Harriman says this. It's never safe to look into the future with eyes of fear. Joyce Meyer says this of fear. She said, fear is false evidence appearing real. Everyone say, false evidence appearing real. It's false evidence. So something that is false evidence is not based on truth. Faith's evidence is based on the word of God. Fear's evidence is based on the lies of the enemy. Another quote from Andrew Jackson, he said this, Never take counsel of your fears. Never take counsel from your fears. Another Moorish proverb says this, He who is afraid of a thing gives it power over him. But thank God we're afraid of nothing. Hallelujah. Now, let's take this a little step further today. Although that we have been delivered from the bondage of fear, we still then must be on the watch because the enemy walks about as a what? Roaring lion seeking who he what? May devour. So we still then must establish some boundaries in our lives. Because it's easy to slip into that. And the, the whole world, basically, I mean, the whole system of this world is just saturated with fear. I mean, you turn on the news today, the media is not driven by faith. The media is telling you a vision that what could happen to you. There's no guarantee. You just never know. You won't find that in the Bible. So there's got to be some boundaries in our lives. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, and it, it talks about this just a little bit. Proverbs, the fourth chapter in the 23rd verse. Everyone, somebody say preach. preach. Proverbs four twenty-three. Now, the whole setting of this is dealing with, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear to my sayings, let them not depart from before thine eyes, keep my words in the midst of thy heart, for they, my words, are life to those that find them, and my words are health or medicine to all their flesh. And then at the end of the context of that, he says, Now here's what you need to do. You need to keep your heart or protect your heart diligently. Protect your heart diligently. 
For out of it are the issues of life. Now, when it talks about the issues of life, out of our heart flow the forces of life. Is that right? We could say it this way. Out of my heart flows wisdom. Out of your heart flows righteousness. Right? Out of your heart flows the love of God. Out of your heart flows the faith of God. And so he's telling us to be very diligent about protecting our heart. You see, one way that you protect your heart is you guard your eyes. You protect your eyes. You discipline yourself on what you allow yourself to feed on and to see with your eyes. Another way that we keep our heart diligently is we protect our ears. He said, incline your ear to my sayings. In, in order to incline my ear to his sayings, that means I've got to disregard other sayings. So he says, guard your ear gate, your eye gate, your mouth gate, because it's in your heart that these things will cause the forces of life to flow. And so what I've had to do is I've had to shut the door on some things. Had to shut the door. And one of the biggest things that I've had to shut the door on, not so much media and television, because I don't, I don't feast on a lot of junk like that, but one of the biggest things I've had to really, really watch is questioning things. Questioning things. What if the money doesn't come? There's something very wrong with that statement. Or what are we going to do if this doesn't happen? We don't even want to deal with that question until we've dealt with the fear. Because the fear is the motivation behind that question. What are you going to do if this doesn't work? What are you going to do if your child does this? What am I going to do if I lose my job? Dan Hagen said years ago, if is the badge of doubt. And so it's really important. I don't know that you're really seeing this. But it's really important that you don't yield to fear and open that door even a crack by asking questions. Come on. That don't need to be asked. Because if we are moving in that direction, what are we going to do if we've opened up the door for it not to happen? Now, here's what Jesus said. Turn me to Matthew chapter 6 real quick. Matthew, the sixth chapter. So set some boundaries in your life. Discipline yourself to think the thoughts of God. Discipline yourself to think the answer, to speak the answer. And get rid of all the questions. Notice in Matthew chapter 6, and... um, We notice in this whole context of this, verse 
In verse 30, he says, Wherefore, if God so glowed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, verse 31, Matthew 6, 31. I want us to see that if you could pull it up. Therefore, take no thought. Where is the biggest battle, folks? In the mind. Frederick Price says this, that the mind is the arena of faith. If you can keep Satan and demons in the arena of faith, you can whip him every time. But if he can get us over into the realm of reasoning, into the realm of thoughts, into the realm of questionings, we're in trouble. Now look at This is based on what the head of the church is saying. This is not Pastor Mark talking. This is Jesus speaking to us. So here's what he said. Sons, daughters, take no thought saying. We could say it this way. Take no thought asking a bunch of questions. He already told them that he would take care of them. He already told them they would clothe them. He would feed them. He already told them, if I've taken care of the birds, you're better than a bird. So he said here, take no thought sane, asking questions. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? How in the world am I going to be able to clothe my children? How am I going to make it? The month is greater than the money. Jesus said, don't take that thought. He said, don't take that thought. It might be a very real circumstance. And it might be a very real situation. But I submit to you this morning that the word of God is more real. I submit to you this morning that the word of God trumps... The reality of God's Word trumps the reality of the circumstances you're going through. Come on, somebody. And so he told us, don't take any thoughts saying, and this has just really become real to me just in the, in the past few weeks. I mean, you can preach these things for, you know, 35, 36 years, but it's becoming more real to me every day. And I believe the Holy Spirit is helping me to put a watch over my mouth. I've heard him on the inside of me just say, be still, Mark. Don't say that. Don't open that door. Well, if I'm not going to say that, what am I going to say? Well, you're either going to be silent and keep your mouth shut, or you're going to speak the word only. Amen? Amen. And so that's why it's important to set these kind of boundaries over your lives. Pray this with me, Lord Jesus. Jesus. I pray that you'd show me me. by the Holy Spirit Spirit. any and every place place. that I've opened the door door. to fear in my life. life. I receive receive your instruction, your your correction, correction. 
And by the grace of God, I will make the adjustment. Now, that is not to say that you don't ever come up for prayer. That is not to say that you do not share the challenge that you're facing. Come on, somebody. That is not to say that at all. How many of you know we all need some faith buddies? You know, we might be going through the valley of the shadow of death. The good shepherd's leading us. And thank God for the good shepherd. And thank God for faith buddies. I mean, you call them on the phone and you say, Tell me again how healed I am. Could you tell me one more time how God meets my needs? We need faith buddies. And you will find that a faith buddy is a person that will rise up on the inside and they will tell you exactly what you need to hear. Not out of condemnation, but out of the spirit of faith. Glory to God. Say it with me. Thank God for faith buddies. And so then... We must shut the door. Turn me quickly to Psalm 34. We're just really getting this introduced today. Psalm 34. And uh, here's, here's some real quick keys now for you. Here's some real fast keys to overcoming every fear. Everyone say every fear. Every fear. Keys to overcoming every fear. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be where? So here is a key to overcoming fears is continually praising Him. Because when you are continually praising Him, He is continually inhabiting your praises with His presence. And the enemy perishes and falls back at the presence of God. So set an atmosphere of praise and worship in your car, in your home, wherever you are. Verse 2, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Here's another key. Read verse 3 with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us... So the word magnify there means to cause to become greater. Become greater. We talked about the greater one living on the inside of us. He's already great. He can't get any greater because he's God. But how many of you know that he can get bigger and greater in our hearts and in our minds? And so as you magnify him above the difficulty, above the circumstance, you will see then that that is a major key to overcoming fear. Verse 4. I did what? I sought the Lord and he heard me. Now, I think this one is real important. He said in his word that we are to draw near to him, and what will happen? He will draw near to us. There is a blessing in seeking God. How many seekers do we have here? And by seekers, I mean waiting on him, taking time to pray. So when you seek the Lord, it positions you then, notice with me, and he delivered me. From all my fears. All my fears. Now, in a nutshell, and I've got so many more verses that I don't have time to go in to. But in a nutshell, here are some major keys to overcoming every fear. Number one, you've got to recognize them. You've got to recognize it. Recognize it. 
And then once you recognize the fear, you need to resist it. Resist it. See, the scripture says, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and what will he do? He will flee from you. So the moment fear comes to your mind, fear comes to your soul, you need to immediately go into RM. RM is resisting mode. Amen? Go immediately into resisting mode. And then thirdly, replace those fears with the Word of God. Replace those fears with magnifying the Lord. Replace those fears with the spoken Word of God. Listen to this verse as you all stand to your feet, if you would, please. Listen to this. Say it with me, faith pushes every fear out. Declare this with me, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Now, if you would up there, let's, let's pull Hebrews 13 up, verse 5 and verse 6 in the message translation. Hebrews 13, 5, 6. David says, yep, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Amen. Thank God. Now, in Hebrews chapter 13 and, and verse 5 and in verse 6, we notice this in the message translation. Let's read this together. Come on, guys. Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I will not let you down. Never walk off and leave you. Verse 6. We can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what? Amen.